0: Welcome to Craft Life Episode 7, Crafting for Good, Part 1. In this mini episode, I will, of course, let you know what I've been crafting. If sweater design is your cup of tea, there is a contest that may interest you. I'll give you a few ways that you can craft for good, and a knitter's take on a classic fairy tale that proves crafting for good helps everyone involved. All this coming up in this episode of Craft Life, the podcast all about living the creative life. Hello and welcome back for this seventh episode of Craft Life. Thanks so much to all of you returning listeners who have reached out this week and gotten in touch. It has been a pleasure hearing from you. And if you are a brand new listener, I would like to say a special welcome to you. And I hope you enjoy the podcast, and I hope you come back for some more in the future. Well, it has been a week here in my house. We are gearing up for a little R&R, a little vacation, more of a staycation this year. But we're going to be able to spend time with family, and that is always wonderful. But of course, leading up to a week off, a week of nothing but relaxing and spending time with the ones you love, of course, work gets crazy. And so, it's also a week of overtime. And so, I would love to bring you one full episode about crafting for good, but as it is, I have a mini episode for you. We're going to do this in two parts. Two weeks from now, I will be bringing you part two. So, put them all together, you'll get one big episode. But for now, we'll just do two little ones. Right up here at the front, I would like to say a big thanks to Laurie, who is the host of Happy Crafter 207. She mentioned Craft Life on her most recent episode and played the promo, and that was fantastic. Thank you so much, Laurie. I'd also like to say a hello and a special thank you to Martine of iMake. She also mentioned Craft Life in her most recent episode, so thank you so much, you two ladies. I've listened to both of your podcasts, and they're fabulous. If you haven't checked out Happy Crafter 207 or iMake, I suggest that you Tune in, and I will have links to both of these podcasts on the show notes. And speaking of Martine from the iMake podcast, I hope I've piqued the interest of some of you sweater designers out there with my intro. If you are interested in sweater designing, I have a little contest to tell you about. It's the iKnit Guernsey Sweater Design Competition, and Martine is one of the judges. The first prize winner of this competition wins a trip to Guernsey, but just so you know, Anyone who wins and is going to take the trip to Guernsey needs to be able to travel from the UK. If you are interested in entering this competition and you can't travel from the UK, you can still enter on a non-competitive basis. They do want all designs turned in by July the 4th, so that doesn't give you a lot of time, but you don't actually have to have it knit by July the 4th. They'll choose from all the designs that have been submitted, and I believe the top five finalists will then be able to knit their design and have that in the final competition, or in the final round of competition on October the 10th. I will have a link to all of the information that you need to know about this competition on the show notes, so check that out if you're interested in designing a new take on an old style. I have been up to my ears in yarn and fiber this week. It was really not supposed to be a week of heavy knitting, but as it's turned out, it has been. First, allow me to update you on the shawl formerly known as the Horai scarf. Um, Now it's known as the 4x4 rib shawl. This is what I attempted to knit out of the Alp Light, which was that yarn that was kind of multi-textured, multi-yarns, all kinds of things all thrown in together into that one skein. That was the one where I dropped the stitch in the fun fur and was unable to recover. Well, it is working beautifully as a 4x4 rib, and I thought I had enough yarn to finish it. And as I've made it halfway through the ball, I know I'm not going to have enough yarn to finish. So I went to the shop where I purchased the original skein, and unfortunately, she did not have any more. So I took to the internet, as you do, when you can't solve your problems. Where do you go? You go online. And I was so fortunate to find a yarn shop that carried it. This is from CovetedYarn.com. And I wanted to mention them because I ordered this yarn on Saturday, assuming that they were a Monday to Friday shipping business. They got my order. They shipped it on Monday. I got it today. Today's Wednesday. I'm recording a little bit earlier this week to prep for vacation so that's a two-day turnaround time for shipping to get here. I was ecstatic. I opened the mailbox, and my little package from Coveted Yarn was there, and that just made me so happy. So I just needed to give them a little plug. If you need yarn, and you need it fast, check out covetedyarn.com. I'll have a link to them on the show notes. I am still spinning the Kool-Aid dyed fiber. Oh, I ducked my head in shame. I was hoping it would be done by today, or... I was hoping it would be done by this podcast, and of course it's not, but there is a very good reason. I had to move my spinning to the back burner because I had one of those unexpected knitting needs arise this week. As I said, I'm going to be spending a lot of time with family over the next week, and I'm very excited about that. And I have a cousin who is expecting a baby, and this is probably going to be the only time that I will see her before she actually has the baby. And it occurred to me this week, I haven't gotten her anything. I haven't gotten a shower gift, a baby gift, nothing. And so, of course, my first thought was, oh my gosh, what can I knit? So, the first place I went was Ravelry to find some patterns. And I stumbled upon the Knit Animal Friends Amigurumi set by Amy Gaines. And Amy has an Etsy shop. It's AmyGaines.etsy.com. I'll have a link to that in the show notes for you as well. And she sells amigurumi patterns. She's just got a shop full of them. And this knit animal friends actually comes with four different characters. And the one that I was drawn to was the frog because my cousin loves frogs. So I wanted to knit her a little tiny baby frog for her baby girl. I cast that on and I have almost completely finished it. I've knit everything. I am just in the need for 9mm safety eyes. I was not able to find them at the craft store this week, so I'm going to have to try a few other stores, and once I can find those, I can pop them in the little eyes that I've already knit, stuff them, and sew them on, and he will be done. I've also cast on some beehive booties. This is the Patton's pattern, and I've casted on just out of some acrylic nylon blend, very soft, DK weight, pink yarn. I wanted it to be something that that could just be thrown in the wash and you know it didn't need to be something fantastic it's for a baby who's going to grow out of it very soon so it just needed to be something soft and comfortable and easily washable and i finished one booty and i have cast on the second booty actually this morning and when i'm done i'm going to put little pink ribbons on them they're going to be perfect i also have in my queue a baby hat and a pair of little little baby mittens that they get so they don't scratch their face I've got those in my queue too. So hopefully I will get them all finished before I see her next week. That is at least my plan. I will let you know how my plan turns out. I've been doing a lot of thinking about crafting for good lately. The whole idea of using the creative skills that you have, that you already enjoy using, be it in a performance aspect or in a, in a making aspect or however it is that you use your creative talents. And I wanted to get into into the heads of my listeners and to find out what it is that you do to make things for good, to use your skills, your your creative talents to do good, to Involve yourself in charity, to raise funds for noble organizations. And that's why I created the Creating for a Cause thread in the Ravelry group. And I would like to highlight two people who have posted into that thread. Top Hat has posted about a charity called Talents of Sisters. And if you've ever thought about maybe selling some of the wares that you make, and maybe you've thought, oh, I don't have enough to, or I wouldn't even know where to start or maybe you've thought, you know what, I'd rather use this for good, check out Talents of Sisters. You can donate one object at a time. And they have their own store on Etsy. And all of the funds that are raised from the Talents of Sisters Etsy shop go to different charities that help support women all over the world. So thank you so much, Top Hat, for listening to that and for bringing that to at our attention. I had not heard of Talents for Sisters, and it's great because you can just do... One project at a time, as you have time. You don't have to do one a month or one a week. Just as you have time to do it, you can make a project and you can donate it to Talents for Sisters. I'd also like to point out Heidi Ilona. And Heidi, oh, I hope I've pronounced your name correctly. Please send me a PM if I haven't. She takes photographs. She takes photographs to help raise money for the ME Research UK. And they do research for chronic fatigue syndrome, which Heidi is very familiar with. And this is something that she's she's just gone out and done on her own. She takes photographs and she turns them into greeting cards, which she then sells, and the proceeds from that go to benefit the research for the ME Research UK. So be inspired, you can do that. Find that charity that you like, that you would like to support, and just take your crafty skill, whatever it is that you're good at, and go for it. Or if you are also interested in using your photography skills, I'm sure you might can get plugged in with Emmy Research UK as well. Now, I know there are a lot of you out there who are involved in other crafting for good activities. So I encourage you to go to the Ravelry group and check out that Creating for a Cause thread and just tell us about it. Or if you'd like some help, ask us. I'm sure there might be somebody out there who'd be willing to step up and to lend a hand. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we present for your listening pleasure the Craft Life Knitter's Theater adaptation of the classic Brothers Grimm fairy tale, The Elves and the Shoemaker. I give you The Elves and the Shawlmaker. Once upon a time, a long, long time ago, there lived a shawl-maker and his wife. They were very good, but very poor, and had only two silver pieces left between them. No one seemed to be buying the shawls, and, if truth be told, the shawl-maker's wares were about as plain and ordinary as they could be. Garter-stitch rectangles in black and beige adorned the walls of the little shop, some of which had been gathering dust for many months past. One day, the shawl-maker said to his wife, I will take these two silver pieces and buy what little wool I can. Perhaps I can knit a new and different shawl, one that may interest one of the many people that pass by our shop every day. And so he did. The shawl-maker brought home a little sack of soft white wool, washed it, and laid it out to dry overnight. The next day he would arise early, spin the wool, and knit his very last shawl. But when the shawl-maker awoke the next morning, he could not believe his eyes. On the very table where he had laid out his wool to dry only the night before, there now lay a beautiful shawl of sky blue. The likeness of little dragonflies and flowers were carefully stitched into the shawl, and the shawl-maker marveled at the work. Where did this come from?" asked the shawl-maker's wife as she came upon him in the shop. It's some kind of miracle, said the shawl-maker, and his wife agreed. They hugged each other and then hung the shawl in the front window of the shop. Before too long, a young mother entered. I am in need of a warm blanket for my baby boy. The shawl in your window is beautiful and looks so soft and warm. Would you take five silver pieces for it?" The shawl-maker happily agreed, and he and his wife smiled at their good fortune. That afternoon the shawl-maker took the five silver pieces to market and bought a sack of the finest silk. He had studied the blue shawl closely that day to learn the secrets of its stitches, and he felt sure that he could knit something grander than he had ever before. Just as he had done with the wool the night before, he laid out the silk before going to bed, with plans to begin work in the morning. But much to their amazement, the shawl-maker and his wife arose to discover the most delicate lace shawl their eyes had ever beheld. The pure white silk had been spun so perfectly that it almost seemed to sparkle in the light, and the lace was the most intricate they had ever seen. They hung the shawl in the front window, and before many hours had passed, a happy young couple spied it hanging there and entered. Tomorrow was to be their wedding day, and they could think of nothing lovelier with which to adorn the shoulders of the blushing bride than that expertly crafted lace creation. I'll give you twenty silver pieces for that shawl you have hanging in your window, and not a copper more, said the young man, who took great pride in his excellent bargaining skills. The shawl-maker thanked the young man and sent the happy couple on their way with their new wedding shawl. This is so much more than we could have ever imagined, said the shawl-maker's wife. Let us stay awake tonight so that we may see what miracle occurs. And so when night came, the shawl-maker laid out more wool and silk, which he had bought with the day's earnings, and the shawl-maker and his wife hid themselves in the closet and watched and waited. Just after midnight, the shop door flew open, and in walked two little elves. They were clad only in the most tattered and torn rags, for though they could dye and spin and knit with expert skill, they had no fiber of their own. They immediately set to work dyeing the wool and silk. They worked faster than anyone the shawl-maker and his wife had ever seen. In no time the fiber was dry, and as the nimble fingers of one elf spun it into yarn, The other elves set to work, knitting the yarn with lightning speed right off of the spinning wheel. As soon as they were done, they placed the finished shawls on the table and left the shop, softly closing the door behind them. Those poor little creatures! exclaimed the shawl maker. They are practically naked and in this chilly winter weather. Let us make some clothes for them. They have been so kind to us, and we should thank them if we can. The next day, the shawl maker and his wife worked as fast and as hard as they could, and at the end of the day, they had two little shirts and two little pairs of pants. That night, instead of laying out more fiber, they set out the two little outfits on the table and once more hid in the closet to watch. Just after midnight, as it had happened the night before, The two little elves once more entered the shop and walked over to the table. They were amazed at seeing the little shirts and pants laying there. They laughed and danced (laughs) as they removed their old rags and put on the new clothes. They hopped and skipped and danced around the shop with glee, before finally disappearing into the night, never to be seen by the shawl maker and his wife again. The shawl-maker and his wife lived happily from that time forward, for the shawl-maker used the new skills and stitches that he had learned from the elves and became the most well-known and prosperous shawl-maker in the land. like to get in touch with me you can email treacle and ink at hotmail.com you can find this podcast on the blog at treacle and and you can also find it on itunes find me on Ravelry my name is treacle and ink it's also that on facebook and come check out the craft life Ravelry group thanks so much and have a great week